0: It's nice to go to a yoga class, but it's really nice to go to a yoga class where the yoga teacher just like is living, breathing, walking testament to how great yoga is. You know, I kind of say that to professional organizers. It's like really show yourself and show your life and show how, show how you live so people can be inspired by that. Should you be
1: niching your interior design firm to get higher end clients? We're going to find out today with Jen Obermeyer. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your
0: interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business, Tightly Fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff.
1: Hey you, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Pooba of all things Wingnut, and I am joined by the soulless ginger, Natalie Ann Giraffe. Why do you always have to be the Grand High Puba? Why are, why are you it? Well, because I am. Do you want to be a Grand High Puba, Natalie? Do you want to be the Grand no, High Puba today? No, but why
2: don't I rate the same as you? You always rate higher than I do. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm just saying. Maybe you should try that introduction again, Darla. Go ahead. Hey, Let's see you, what you got. and
1: welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am nothing, nobody. I'm just here talking to the microphone, but you guys are lucky, so lucky to have the grand high pooba of all things Wingnut, Natalie and Graf here with you today. Natalie, it's such an honor to be here with you in your presence.
2: <laughs> That's better. Continue.
1: <laughs> Natalie, I'm fired up.
2: I know. I'm you... fired
1: up. I just got through listening to my pump-up music. On to the next one by Jay-Z. And I have to thank Barbara Viteri for that of Design Liberty. She gave me that recommendation, what, last year sometime. Boy, that fires you up. Yeah, good luck with that. I like it. That's going to be my walk-on song if I'm ever on a... Yeah. (laughs) If we ever do Luann Live as an expert, I'm going to walk on to to the next one by Jay-Z. I'm ready to go.
2: Okay. You got fire in your shorts, I guess. I got fire... Well, there's a cream for that. Yes, there is. (laughs) You know what we haven't shared... What? With our friends. Yes. What? You know, I do. A, you know
1: I'm a woman of many talents. You know, I can't even begin and I've to had list a, them all. I've had a couple of friends on Facebook and Instagram who have asked me to demonstrate one of my oft-touted talents. Yes. And I thought, you know what? Why not? Why not today? So when people say, what are one of the things that you would tell people that people don't really know about you? What is a talent that you have? You do a very sick impersonation of Yoda. I do a mean Yoda impersonation, and I think I would like to share that
2: with you today. Oh, yes, and what are you going to tell us? Okay, Yoda. ready? Yes, Master Yoda.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All his life has he looked to the future, never his mind on where he was, hmm? what he was doing. Ta-da! <laughs> That's for Wendy Wallace-Juck, at al., and others. You're very welcome. Oh,
2: Lord, <laughs> are you sure this this is not a serious podcast, is this? Sometimes it is, but it's also I like to think it's entertaining. Well, yes, we are. Well, you're entertaining Sometimes, for sure. Thank you. Sometimes
1: business can be a very dry and boring subject.
2: I know. I'm ex- extremely tired because I've been doing payroll and contracts. Oh, wow. Wow. All You've that. been doing
1: payroll. Oh, poor you. You have two businesses and employees, and oh, you poor thing. Hold on. I know. On. It's let me terrible. Get my,
2: let me get my little tiny violin. Though, do you know what the worst part is? I live with you.
1: Oh, yeah, that's bad. Okay. Anyway, silly silliness aside, this is our second podcast today so we are a little stir crazy.
2: (laughs) Is it time for whiskey? Hell yeah you can ask me that any time of the day and you know the answer is going to be yes. Well then when we're done with our nice little introduction before we are joined by our lovely guest I shall slip over to the kitchen. Slip? Well (laughs) I might the travertine's wet it has been raining.
1: It is slippery that was a bad design job. Who did that? Yeah who
2: did that? Some damn designer I know.
1: (laughs) Use the wrong travertine. Anywho, today we are talking about niching, and I'm going to say niching because I'm just niche, a white niche, white tomato, tomato, white bread,
2: red blooded American redneck, I guess. And you forgot to call and ask Jerry how to say it properly. I know it
1: could, I know it's niching or niche. I I, could, I, just I think can't. it's however you want to say it. It's niching. For my purposes today, it's going to be niching. Niching your business. We had Sarah Brennan on what two, three episodes ago, ago, and the girl has only been in business for less than two years, almost 18 months, two years. I couldn't ever quite nail that down. And she's already niched her style, the client she takes to romantic transitional. And I was like, girl, I am still scared to do that. I just am. And I'm hoping that our guest today, Jen Obermeyer.
2: Maybe she can help you out, darling. Can help, me. yes. This is, and then mm-hmm. if you implement what she says, Ellen Danek can have a drink. We can do shots. Yes. Exactly. You know what I wanted to do <laughs>
1: on Stacy McKenna's episode, which was two weeks ago, was every time we said package <laughs> to take a shot, we'd have been on the floor.
2: Yeah. Let's let's not do that. That might not be a very good idea because then we could get real blubberish and, you know. I'm already blubberish, hence my diet. Yes. Okay. That's blubber. Yeah. <laughs> that is blubberish. It's not
1: that bad, though, right? It's not that bad?
2: No, no, you're fine. Come on, go. Okay, good. Our guest today is Jen
1: Obermeyer. She is a professional organizer who is the founder of Pro Organizer Studio and the creator of the Inspired Organizer Program. Since 2016, she has helped thousands of her students all over the world start and grow their businesses. Teaching skills and instilling confidence in her students is her passion. Jen is a member of the International Coaching Federation and currently is working towards her graduate-level certification in small business coaching through the University of Texas at Dallas. Help me in welcoming Jen Obermeyer to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Jen Obermeyer. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you?
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm doing great. We're
1: excited to hear you. I remember hearing you on John Lee Dumas's podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and I'm like, who is this girl? I'm going to snatch her up, and thank goodness you answered my email, and here you are. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, that was the fun podcast to be on.
1: It was fun. He's amazing. He's someone I look up to greatly in the podcast industry. Absolutely. So one thing I was really struck by is that you niche and your audience really is appealing, I would think, or your, your, the, the topics that you discuss really appealing to interior designers. And I was like, I have to have her on my podcast to discuss this. We recently had a guest on who she's been in business for less than two years, and she's already niched her design style. She turns down clients that do anything other than her design style. You know, Sarah Brennan, she does rom- romantic transitional. And I'll be honest with you, I'm scared to do it because I have an interior design business as well, <laughs> Darla Powell Interiors. And people come to me and say, can you do Tuscan? Well, Yeah yeah, sure I can. (laughs) But I'm afraid to niche down. So we want to convince some people listening, myself included, to why that's beneficial in the business, because I'm not alone. A lot of people are terrified of losing potential clients by being too
0: niche. So let's dig in. So my background is as a professional organizer, which is like kind of the the sister of an interior designer, really. It's kind of like <laughs> the nerdy kind of behind the scenes sister. Um, whereas I think of as interior designers are, I know this is very general, but much more confident about being out there with their design style and their work. Professional organizers in general, I think are much more content and happy behind the scenes. However, they're often doing types of projects in clients' homes that, um, you know, really demand a level of customer service and really often demand a level of uh, of an eye for design. Because obviously, you wouldn't want to, you know, call in a professional organizer that just, you know, kind of ruins the design style of the home with like, you know, cheap plastic products. <laughs> Ikea bins. Uh, you, yeah, you get it. So, you know, you kind of like, as an organizer, you kind of need to have not that you have to have your own design style necessarily to niche down into. But one thing I'm always telling my audience of organizers is it's very much okay to um, start out with having a specialty. And that specialty, it doesn't always have to be like a certain organizing style. Like a lot of people, obviously, right now, the KonMari consultants are, you know, they're growing in numbers. And that's a really popular organizing style. So sometimes it can be an organizing style that is is your niche, but I also tell people sometimes like your niche can be the type of person. It can be the room itself. Like you can start out and you know specialize in kitchens and pantries or you can specialize in working with moms of young children or seniors who are downsizing. So I think I'm often able to convince people to sort of step out and niche down by kind of widening their view of what a niche can even be. Does that make sense? It does, and
1: I have to ask you Right off the bat, can we still be friends if you say niche and I say niche? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And also, I wanted to ask you, has Marie Kondo's sudden fame, I know overnight, I'm sure she's been it for years. How? What has that done for the organization business? I was just a, a quick offside there.
0: Oh, well, let me tell you. I'm sure actually, I mean, I'm very neutral about it. But you have some people who are like, well, you know, professional organizers have been around longer than she's been alive <laughs> and don't appreciate the sudden attention. However, I really have to say that, you know, her her getting attention in the mainstream, I don't think is accidental. Like I think it's just good timing with, you know, certain factors about, our culture and how, you know, we're, we buy a lot of stuff and people are definitely like craving more of that um, intentional sort of curated home. So, I mean, I really think, yes, she has definitely brought attention to the fact that professional organizers are even a thing. And I think that's a great thing. Honestly, I think so too. That's my philosophy. A
1: rising tide lifts all boats, right? Mm -hmm, She's bringing more mm -hmm. attention to the industry. It's got to help everybody, but I digress. Okay. (laughs) So, Jen, if I come to you and I say, you know, Jen, I'm an interior designer in Miami, Florida, and I'm afraid that if I niche to professional clients, doctors, lawyers with no children and have dogs, which is kind of what we do, that's kind of the clients that we get. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's true. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but it, I think it's just the way we market ourselves. It's going to reduce my pipeline. I'm afraid it's going to reduce my pipeline. I'm not going to get the projects I want. And that's going to affect my bottom line. How do you respond to that?
0: Okay, so here's my immediate response. One is, I think that being that specific in who you are a great fit for is right off the bat, are you going to slow down your pipeline of potential clients? Maybe, but I feel like the people who do come to you are going to be really Uh, vetted or have really vetted themselves already, because they have gotten to know you and your style. And the other thing is, is that I have seen this happen over and over again, is once you like are really clear about who you want to work with, and you get one client like that, they're the ones who know more people just like that that are looking for people just like you. So it's kind of almost like, don't pick a niche that you don't want to like continue to duplicate like that project in that client because it seems like they sort of continue to find you once you you know have a good reputation for what it is you do. And so I kind of think like, I totally understand that fear of the random potential client pipeline being slowed down. But I think it really speeds you up in terms of people knowing immediately that you are the right fit for them.
1: I agree. And that's one thing I, I was talking to Sarah Brennan about after her show and also a little bit during the show that when I was expressing her my fear of adopting that same policy, she said it's been so helpful in her business and has gotten her that much more clients just wow. by doing that. So yeah. I, but to your point.
2: Yeah. How how small exactly do you want a niche? How, I mean how like, niche can we yeah, get how niche can you get? I mean, can what's, you what's say they much? have to have a German <laughs> shepherd? I mean, let's <laughs> I know that's a little off the wall here, but Dial it in. I mean, like how dialed in do you get, or is it just a broad, mm-hmm. you know? A
0: broad niche. <laughs> a broad niche. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So I do teach a business course for professional organizers. It's called Inspired Organizer. And in the training, when I talk about niching and I'm totally fine with niching too, I go really kind of data driven about it. Um, in terms of like doing market research. Cause let me tell you, I live in Greenville, South Carolina. It's not the biggest city in the world. Now, if you live in a, and it's not a super small town either, but I, so I kind of call it like, it's a medium sized city. So in, you know, the smaller area that you live, I think in terms of, you know, population and area, like a radius that you're willing to travel, you're probably going to have to go much more general. But if you live in a major metropolis, like that's when you can afford to go, like, you need to have a German shepherd in order for (laughs) me to work with you. So I even walk through like a, training, doing, you know, market research and kind of analyzing. I mean, it's not a perfect science, but you can do it yourself. And I show how to do that in, you know, Facebook, Facebook's audience research tools. And then I say, like if you live in a medium city like me, maybe your niche is just like, okay, it's women with money. (laughs) Like that's as niche down as you can get. I would have loved to have experimented if I could just start all over again with my organizing business. If I had lived in a really big city, I, you know, I think I could have gone right out of the gate and had a successful business by saying, I am a specialist in home offices. And then, you know, you can kind of layer on top of that, like, and I also work with wives of executives of whoever, like you could, you could kind of layer that, that room niche, plus the person niche. And I see that working in a very similar way with, with interior designers. I would imagine, you know, if you're, you know, living in a, you know, less populated area that you got to be a little bit more general, but you can still get known for a style and be willing to work with lots of different people.
2: And when when you niche down to that, how do you? I mean, I know that we just covered that you get your ideal client, and they probably know more ideal clients. So yeah, you're gonna get you're going to get that that way. But how do you market yourself to get that ideal client?
1: And you, I would like to point out that the redneck just said niche.
2: Niche. niche. <laughs> Listen, I say tomato, tomato. It, it just whatever comes out. It just comes out. You know, whatever I feel like saying.
0: Sometimes I, I, I sound it.
2: smart. <laughs>
0: Sometimes. Totally get it. This is kind of like a how do you market your business in a nutshell. However, (laughs) uh, so it's kind of a big topic. But I think once you've decided, once you have decided and are really clear that those are the types of projects that you are willing to not only do over and over again but talk about because you know you guys are a marketing podcast so you know 90% of your business is the marketing side and you have to be willing to kind of choose a specialty that you're willing to talk about until you're blue in the face because you love it so much and again you guys hit the nail on the head like i think that once you can kind of get the ball rolling with the, your first few clients that networking is the smartest and most efficient way to continue to market your business. In addition to all those online things, like I am personally not like an expert in terms of being in love with like Instagram marketing. I mean, I know a lot about it just you know, for business training. I don't personally love that. However, I've seen... Some professional organizers who take that and run and they get tons of business that way. And I can see it works for interior designers too, but anything that's really visual, if you're willing to put your work up and you, you know, you make do Instagram stories and share about yourself. I think when people really see that you don't just have a business that like, you're really living your business, like you're living an analogy I like to use is like, say you're going to a yoga class. Like it's nice to go to a yoga class, but it's really nice to go to a yoga class where the yoga teacher just like is living, breathing, walking, walking, testament to how great yoga is you know i kind of say that to professional organizers it's like really show yourself and show your life and show how show how you live so people can be inspired by that hey wingnuts do you love
2: doing your own social media but you just don't have a sound strategy in place are you just throwing images at the wall hoping that they stick to your ideal client well then, Darla and I are super excited to tell you about our Wingnut Social Strategy package. One of our expert social media specialists will help you discover your goals, analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to Wingnut Social services or by giving us a call at 1877 Wingnut. Again, that's WingnutSocial.com slash services or one eight seven seven Wingnut. Now, Back to the show and the crazy.
1: To your point, a lot of designers, they'll be in their very well-appointed home, showing their homes, or that's part of their photography or part of their portfolio, and they're living the life. They're showing not only can you have this gorgeous space and the better mental health or whatever the angle is coming from it, Here is here I am living in it. And as far as marketing for the niche, what we like to do on the design side, I have a design firm called Darla Powell Interiors, is we love to do remodeling, construction Our clients have turned out to be usually married professionals with no children or empty nesters. And how we market that and appeal to that niche is those are the projects that we post on our social media. Exactly. We'll post, Mm -hmm. yeah, we post the befores, we post the afters, and the caption will say, somewhat about what the client is, what they do, their profession. And like-minded people see that or want that, and they're, they're oh, you know, and that vibes with them, and then they, they call you that way. So, that's, it was almost accidental in the beginning, but I, I knew that I really wanted to tear down stuff, and those are the kind of clients I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and I also knew that I preferred professionals, you know, married professionals with no kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. But those tend to be really good clients for us. So I, that's we yeah, dialed totally it in, understand. and that's who or, we market to. Or the to. kids
2: are already gone to college, mm-hmm. or,
1: empty or nesters. Whatever. Yeah, those yeah. have been terrific. And we still get clients with little kids. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a kid hater, but that just seems to be how we gravitate. That's I broke project. Her in, I
2: broke her into the non kid hater, and she <laughs> met my
1: I know. Ago. I know. I actually have one. So <laughs> th- that's that's an excellent point, Jen. If you show that you're living it, and this is what you're doing, then you'll attract that client
0: to that. I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but, you know, people... Have you ever heard somebody say that Instagram is kind of like Tinder for your business? (laughs) No, I haven't. But that's a good one. And I was just sitting here thinking, like, that's even more true for interior designers. But I would be remiss to say, you know, to go without saying that for an industry like professional organizers, that often people are searching specifically. And so, you know, you don't want to go too long with overlooking your SEO. You know, people might be looking, they might be saying like, I need a closet organizer in Greenville, South Carolina. And so if you have a niche that is searchable, that's something good to capitalize on. But it's hard to say like, you wouldn't be searching as a client, like I am a professional and I don't have any kids and I'm looking (laughs) for an interior designer. So that's when you sort of have to, I would imagine that those clients really have to kind of go and, you know, flip through Instagram and see who's on hows and, you know, really get like that. It's all about like a vibe when it comes down to it, you know, like people wanting to hire somebody that they feel that they can trust in their home and love their style. We've gotten a lot of feedback from clients that have ended up
1: hiring us saying that they were hooked by the blogs and the videos and Mm. the personality and then the style of work. So that's very effective also. And then they met her. (laughs) (laughs) And then they met her and it was all over. (laughs) Okay, Jen, let's escalate this a little bit. Let's show me the money. A lot of... (laughs) There's a movie like that. Show me the money. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. With Tom Cruise. (laughs) A lot of our listeners want to specialize in niche, niche niche, into the luxury business, luxury clients. Tell us a little bit how that might differ between someone who just wants to knock down walls for someone with a German Shepherd.
0: Mm, Okay. Great question. Uh, When it comes down to it, I am a big believer and i've seen this happen over and over again that it's really your pricing that is communicating to this potential client what kind of experience that they are going to get i recently went through a training have you guys heard of the book run your business like clockwork it's by mike McCallowitz. i think i've heard of it he also wrote the book profit first which is very popular that one i know for sure yeah i went through the training and had the opportunity to hear mike actually talk about, you know, high, high end and ideal clients and luxury clientele. And he said something that is going to stick with me forever. To sum it up, he said, your client's want you to be wildly profitable, but they are never, ever, ever going to say that. He said, what they're going to say is, I want your total attention. I want the best of the best service. Like they're they're talking about all these things that they're looking for at the level of service. And in order to do that, you absolutely have to be charging enough, you know, in order for you to not be struggling to provide that level of service. And so I feel very convicted, like, as a business coach, and I you know, work with professional organizers and just with women in general, that we not only are we not only just going to barely get by at the end of the day with business expenses when you're charging the bare minimum, but that we're not really communicating the full value of everything that somebody is getting with us when we're charging cheap prices. And so those luxury clients are looking for that luxury experience. And so to them, if they're seeing this beautiful website and beautiful portfolio, but the pricing just seems dirt cheap, like they're thinking something is off here. The luxury client. Yeah, because they are they really want to, there's all these kind of little triggers that uh, let them know that you're the person that they can trust in their home. And with you know, your taste and your style and, you know, just the entire experience from A to Z. So let me ask you a quick
1: question about this. How do you feel about designers putting their prices or their rates on their website? Do you recommend that to help weed out some of the lower end or to appeal to more luxury client? Or is that a no, no, we've had several different thoughts on that. <laughs>
0: so, that's such a good question. Like I said, my background is not in interior design. However, what I have seen with professional organizers is <laughs> I, I'm telling people like, okay, ladies, at the end of the day, you're working with disorganized people, like do not make Them work any harder than they already are. Like they're on your website, make it simple for them to get the information they need and to be able to contact you in order to move forward working together. Because if you have your pricing and your information like buried like six or seven levels deep on your website, and then they have to submit an inquiry form like just to be able to talk to you and get the information, I mean, I'm telling you, they're going to X out of your website and go to the next person. And so I'm not sure if this translates exactly over with interior designers. But I will say that for someone who money is not really the issue, it's time, it's finding the right person. That Again, I've mentioned this so many times, like finding the person that they trust and getting the job done. There's definitely something to be said for letting them sort themselves out. If they see your pricing and they can see everything that's included and that's not what they're looking for, it kind of goes back to what I was just talking about that Mike said if they're not the right client, then they can move on. But I would rather you know, not waste my time or theirs when I am really looking to provide that luxury service and they are not looking for that all-inclusive experience that I'm respecting their time, giving them that information up front. And yeah, the easiest way to do that is just to put the pricing on the website.
2: I like it. It sounds like a win-win, actually. And it vets your client. A
1: lot of designers do like it. And we've had guests on the show and anecdotal information from friends of ours who are designers who say it's totally helped vet. The clients and get them jobs and they just say, Okay, three rooms, eighteen grand. Let's go, let's go for it. But a lot of designers like, wow, that seems just kind of low rent to put, you know, the prices on the websites. But I think try it, see if it works. See if you know if money's coming in, I'm not gonna complain about it. (laughs) We we haven't done it yet. So I was just picking your brain from another perspective. Oh yeah, totally. Jen Obermeyer, I think you've given us some terrific information about <laughs> niching, niching for your <laughs> yeah, business. <keep laughs> now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round.
0: Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut.
1: Okay, I'm ready. Why does everyone sound so intimidated by the What Up Wingnut
2: <laughs> Because you're a complete goober, Darla. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Jen Obermeyer, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why?
0: I would be a palm tree, and I want to say I would be one of those really, really tall palm trees, like a royal. Yeah, because they make no logical sense. However, they are super glamorous.
2: <laughs> they are beautiful. We
1: should hook you up with Stephen Carlish. He was on the show, and he also wanted to be a palm tree. You're only our awesome. second palm tree. But
2: when they fall, they they kind of dent things.
1: Oh my God, they're so destructive. We have like a hundred in the yard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're scary. I think one fell on on uh, one of the cars, and uh, <clears throat> it needed a new hood.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh it's my. crazy. So beautiful, but yet destructive. destructive. Awesome. <laughs> what would the what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? If I died today, it would probably
0: be hashtag rule breaker.
1: Ooh. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. We've gotten some really good hashtags now. This was a great idea. <laughs> Shayna had, if you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? Flying. Nice. Why?
0: 100%. Oh, I don't know. That's my like dream I don't know (laughs) those are the best dreams right flying dreams aren't they great yeah Yeah, me too
1: you know what Mm -hmm. they say about that is if you're having a flying dream then that means that you're happy and you feel unfettered and your soul is free
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: That's what I've heard. Natalie's looking at me like, oh, my God, get out of here with that. I like that. (laughs) And last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you, either personally or professionally. You already mentioned the one there, The Profit First. And what was the title? (laughs) The other one, forgive me. Run Your Business Like Clockwork. Run Your Business Like Clockwork. Do you have another one or do you want to?
0: Yeah, I'll go in a totally different vein. The book is Ask and It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks.
1: Oh, the law of attraction kind of thing. Okay, I love it. Ask, and it is given. Okay, let's go into my Audible Q. Jen, please tell the wing that's listening where they can find you and your Awesome Sauce services, and don't you have a course coming up, an Inspired Organizer course, right? Tell them all yes, about it. Yes,
0: I do. Okay, um, here's the spiel. My business is Pro Organizer Studio, which is a business and design resource for professional organizers. I do have a podcast, it's the Pro Organizer Studio podcast, and talk about all different topics related to the business of organizing. And then yes, last but not least, I do have a course. It is called Inspired Organizer. It is a business program for professional organizers. And you can get more information and I have like a free, a free class that you can watch at inspiredorganizer.com.
1: Awesome! You guys need to head on over there and check that out, Jen. Thank you so much for being a terrific guest on the Wingnut Social Podcast.
0: You are so welcome. This is a wonderful opportunity to talk to my sister industry interior designers. We um, have so much crossover, and I have to leave our conversation about niching by saying there are so many organizers who their niche is the fact that they sort of do a little bit of both organizing and design Um, because you don't always get that with uh, just a regular interior design firm.
1: I'll have to tell you on a personal note, I'm extremely disorganized.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always go hand in hand with the same person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Thank you so much for joining us today. You have
0: an amazing night. You're so welcome. This was wonderful. Thank you guys. Natalie and Graf. I think
1: think I'm being too hard on myself. We actually are kind of niching. I didn't realize I think we
2: niched on accident.
1: I think we kind of did when I was, I had that light bulb go off that we do niche to the construction and our ideal client that just kind of seems to organically be falling in there. I just, I haven't niched to a style yet. You haven't
2: said it out loud.
1: But maybe that's okay because Jen said you can do rooms or a style of, you know, do I think construction and remodeling is a niche. Absolutely, and having a German Shepherd, you can only work with us if you have a German <laughs> <You> know, Shepherd. <laughs> that was a
2: little over exaggerating, possibly, but that got my point across, and hopefully, people could help understand the analogy a little bit. There,
1: you know what we found out after the interview and in just our little after air talk with Jen is she also offers consulting for interior design firms that might want to add that position to their services for having a designer. And she doesn't teach you how to organize, or having but she'll a, teach you how to run, having that an thing. organizer, not a designer. Run that part of your business. Yeah, she'll teach you the aspects of that business and running that part of the business. And again, you can go to inspiredorganizer.com and find out more information there.
2: That sounds like a good idea, but I'm way unorganized and so are you. You're, so. Okay, I need to tell you
1: about Natalie-Ann and how unorganized she is. You know how everyone has that one drawer in their house. That's the miscellaneous drawer or the junk drawer, right? And that's what it's called, the junk drawer. That you just keep miscellaneous stuff in it that has no rhyme or reason or place to go. Start bashing. Go. Every bleeping drawer <laughs> in our house <laughs> is a junk drawer. <laughs> okay, no, not every. Not. I'm exaggerating, but we don't have one of those. We don't even have two of those. Can I, can
2: I point something out, darling? Sure. When you can't find something, who do you ask where it is? Because how the hell would I know? Because. because I know where everything is in those drawers. Hello. <laughs> is that insurance?
1: So I don't leave you? So, because you're the only one that knows where everything is?
2: You'd be lost without me.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be able to find anything because every drawer is a junk drawer. Yeah, we need well, hire... the drawer
2: by the coffee pot has batteries in it, extra keys. It has dog clippers. It has the pruning shears. <laughs> it has a lighter. Let's see. What else does it have? It's it got, has some tape. It's got the oils for the infuser. It's got infuser. the oils for the infuser. See, I know where everything is. And when you want me to tell you what's into the drawer next to it and underneath it, it's all the Ziplocs that you can never find and the saran wrap and all of that. And it's got hot pads, but you don't oh know this. You're because, making my point. Okay.
1: You're making my point. All right, I'm done now. <laughs> we need to hire Jen to come to the house and organize. We could hire house.
2: Jen or just call Megan and buy her a ticket. It's so it funny be because better. I
1: was just telling her that I am so unorganized. I am pretty bad. I'm not much better than you are, I have to say. But that is one aspect of our life where we could use sooner I know. I come
2: home from work and the, dish is, the sink is full of dishes.
1: That's not true. I've been uh, better. Uh,
2: nah. rah, rah, rah.
1: I've been better. Uh-huh. Listen, I got a lot on my plate, uh-huh. no pun intended. Okay. So if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. Please tell all your friends about us. What the hell? Tell your enemies. Be sure to follow us on social at wingnutsocial and head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out our awesome soft services, the strategies. Those are well reviews. Check out the Google reviews on that, baby. And you know, we're actually organized over there because we have to be. Well, that we're organized (laughs) on. But... We've hired people. Personal
2: life, no. We pay people to organize for
1: us. We Absolutely. never would have gotten a sauna or slack without Shayna. Come no, on, no, and
2: that's organization. So I want to point that out. That is organization that's to some true. point.
1: I'm kind of hard on us, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> all right. I think that's it for this week. That's not all. This for this week. There's one last What'd
2: thing. What'd you forget, Darla? Now
1: I forgot to remind you. You're every- not organized. Uh, yeah, not even my brain. I forgot to remind everybody to make sure when they go to High Point this fall, this October. Nineteenth 19th 19th, Saturday, th- two right.
2: o'clock, Darla. You are really unorganized.
1: I'm just trying to remember the dates to come see us at Chandra Rugs at two p.m., where I'll be speaking with Nicole Heimer of Curie Electro, sponsored by My Doma Studio. We'll be talking about social media authenticity and how to attract your ideal client. That's the working title, but that's the just of the what we're talking about. Version Nicole and I are very organized. We work very well together. I know
2: you do. You drive her crazy. It's She's awesome. my b right. I know. I Sometimes her. I frustrate her because you're unorganized. I'm unorganized. <laughs> All uh, right. I think that's it. That's it for this week. Okay. Now can I say it? Yes. So long. See you.
1: something to talk about and it's in my head right now did you
2: really just open a beer
1: that's our new thing on the podcast we have our own very own mariachi band
2: i'm glad you cracked yourself up Darla.
1: <laughs> good boy mango